Father, you are so incredibly good. Just the fact that you invite us to call you our Father. Here we are in your presence. Our hearts are especially focused on thankfulness, but God, we long for it not just to be now, not just this time of year, but that we would always enter your courts with thanksgiving. We go through your gates with praise. Father, we long for our hearts to be continually uplifted, to give thanks in every circumstance. So, Father, in this time where we have a a special focus and are able to uh, lift our hearts in praise together in thanksgiving for what you have done, we pray that it would set a, a tone in our hearts for the days ahead. And Lord, I don't know if somebody here uh, is not feeling like there's anything to thank you for. Maybe they're, they're feeling a heavy burden this morning, and I just pray that you would give them your peace, that they would know that they can cast all their cares upon you this morning, knowing that you care for them. Thank you for the amazing God of mercy and grace that you are. We offer our hearts, and we pray that this time of thanksgiving would bring glory to you. Thank you for the amazing God of love that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, at this time, I'd like uh, to invite, I think I have three different people here to share. I want to start with um, Leonard. I'll have Leonard come forward. And he has a a testimony to share with us. You know, it's fun to have him come to prayer meeting. And he's overflowing oftentimes because people there have been praying for his work and other situations. And he he shares encouraging stories with us. So I asked if he would share a story or two with us this morning. Or three or four. Or three or four. No, just just kidding. Um, Yeah, many of you know that I work in a prison. And uh, I work with the unlovable, you know, bank robbers and, you know, murderers and you know, all sorts of, you know, things. And um, Lord has been just opening up doors, and it's been just beautiful. Um, I was talking with one guy, uh, I believe it was Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving, and how he had just changed his life. And I'm not going to get into all the details, because, um, but he wants to reach out to young people who um, are at risk, and to maybe avoid the, some of the mistakes that he has made. And we were talking um, about so many people are in prison because of an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex, uh, too much testosterone, alcohol, and a gun. And son, another prisoner back in the day said, well, Coach, they call me Coach, um, you forgot trauma, all the trauma that we've been through. And so we were discussing that um, aspect and then something put in my heart about forgiveness, about forgiving the people that have wronged us. And um, into my mind came um, a sermon that I heard right here when I first started coming about um, a woman in um, Rwanda, right? And she and her husband ran to, I believe it was a church, for uh, safety and a whole mob of people broke in with machetes and hacked her husband to death and she had defensive wounds on her arm um, and I believe cut the tendons so that her arm was non-functional and and then she had some type of concussion, she was unconscious and um, they left her for dead 
And after she recovered, she decided that she's not going to let bitterness and hatred overtake her life. And she went and began to work in refugee camps. And, um, and somebody came up to her and said, do you know who I am? And she recognized this is the this is the kid that hacked my husband to death and disfigured me for life. And he asked her to forgive him, and she did. And she took that boy into her own home. Now, that's loving the unlovable. And you know what my guy told me? He said, one of my friends went to um, Tanzania and was working, and he said, he met that lady that you're talking about right now. <laughs> and do you think that was an accident? No, I don't think so. You know, so it's been really amazing. And um, just the doors that keep opening up. Right. I was trying to convince him to do one more story, but no, that's fine. <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll tell stories all day. No, that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Isn't that amazing? You want to tell one more good one? Okay, he's got one more story. You want to hear one more story? Right. So there's um, some of you know that my dad got murdered when I was 14 years old. What? Did I shave this morning? What? What? Why are you doing? Is that better? So anyway, um, uh, many of you guys know that my dad was murdered when I was 14 years old. And you're not supposed to share things with the inmates. And so this one guy... He's, um, he told me that his dad got murdered when he was 14 years old. And uh, I like, well, I didn't say anything, but we just, you know, and most of the time I'm extremely busy, you know, before COVID. I had two or three people to work on at a time. And then one morning at 2.30 in the morning, God woke me up, you need to pray for this kid. And so I did. And guess what? He's on my schedule the very next morning, like six hours later. And um, so, anyway, um, that morning, there was just he and I. There's nobody else. <laughs> Do you think that was an accident? And so I put him on the table. I, I'm a physical therapist, by the way. You probably know that. But I, And so I'm lifting up the table, and he said, you know what, Coach? And into my mind flashed, he's going to tell you today is the anniversary of his dad's death. And half a second later, after that thought went into my mind, he said, today's the day they killed my dad when I was eight years old. And the hair stood up on my arm, <laughs> and the hair was up the back of my neck. It didn't stand up on the top of my head because I don't have any. But anyway, um, uh, I said, well, you know what? That happened to me, too, when I was 14. And so I know <clears throat> the kind of pain that you're going through. And when he left, he thanked me profusely. And so, you know, love the unlovable because and we can, another story I heard in here was God is never going to waste your pain. And so I said, okay, God, you know, my dad got murdered. Oh, fine, 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 fine. It's like, all right, you, uh, you handle this, okay? You handle this, God, you know, you're not going to waste my pain? Have at it. And I do a little uh, treatment room for people who don't have any health insurance. And that very next week, four different dudes came into my office that had their father murdered. Yeah, so he's not going to waste your pain. Amen. Thank you, Leonard.
Isn't God amazing? <laughs> the ways that he is working. We can be thankful for his faithfulness in our lives. I want to invite Lynn to come forward and share with us. Uh, Lynn is a dear friend of ours that we first met through the, many of you know her, but she, we first met her through the thrift store, and then she went to the women's retreat, and then she's been a regular part of the church family here for a while. So we're so thankful for your willingness to share with us this morning about what's happened for you. Well, if, I don't know if you all know, but in August, I wrecked my car. And uh, uh, the first thing I thought of was, I, I got to call pastor and have him set me up with someone to bring me to Sabbath. And he set me up with Lida Lucas. And immediately, pastor showed up at my house and um, wanted to pray for me. And they brought me flowers and everything. And I was, I was having a tough time. I was worried about getting to Sabbath, getting to work, getting to do my laundry, getting to the grocery store, getting to so-and-so's house, and just worried about all these places I need to go. And, and he tried to get me to relax. God will work it out. He'll work it out. Next thing I know, he sends um, Matt and George to meet me and my car at the, at the junkyard and see if they could fix it. So they looked at it, and I'm standing there looking at my car, a beautiful car. I just bought it two years before that, and I loved it. And I was very sad, and I was really bummed, and I was having a tough time flipping it, saying, there's a reason, there's a reason God's going to work this out for you. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Um, and the men decided that the car was not uh, worth fixing, that there would probably be problems with it, to uh, let's just find you another car. And so I said, okay. And um, Matt says, Lynn, I'm not going to stop until I, get, until I help you, until I find you a car. And I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, you know, he's got a wife, three kids, and two jobs. I'm thinking, me? Okay. Okay, thanks. Um, he goes to work, and like, I don't know, two hours later, he calls me. He says, Lynn, I found a car. I says, oh, you did? What kind of car? He says, it's a Toyota Corolla. And I said, oh, yeah, where? He says, in, in Tascadero. I said, yeah, well, what color is it? Oh, red. And I'm thinking, really? Okay. Within two weeks, I had my new car. And Matt told me, it's all God. It's not me, it's God, it's God. And it made me think that if I would just had more faith and quit being such a little brat and, you know, and the instant gratification, oh, and, um, and just trust him that it would work out. And so I'm very thankful for my pastor and my church family. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. We appreciate you sharing. Uh, what a blessing to see how God works in our lives. And, you know, we're thankful. Matt's not here, actually. He got a little time away, thankfully, with his family. But, you know, and, and but George is here. George was helping her out. We're thankful for that. But, um, you know, he does more than just farm work around here. Anytime somebody has a need, he's ready to go and help them. And like he said, to do whatever it takes to help. So we're super thankful for the work that God is doing through Matt. But I want to invite... Uh, Lisa to come forward and share something that God's been doing in her life just recently that we're very thankful for uh, the way that God is working. So thank you, Lisa, for coming and sharing with us today. Sure, that's fine. Okay. Happy Sabbath, everybody. <laughs> well, what I wanted to share was a couple months ago, I had just finished um, for my morning devotions a great study on the three angels message. And it was one of those that um, things were just, I was like, wow, you know. And so when I finished that, I was kind of floundering around. I couldn't seem to focus on any, um, anything to study for my morning devotion. So I text the pastor, 
And I asked him, do you have any ideas for me? And he texted back, um, what about, um, the, it's a study with David Asherick. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. He's been on Amazing Facts, 3ABN. He's a pastor. Well, my grandma used to listen to him on 3ABN, and she's like, well, he's such a fast talker. He talks so fast, but I, I'm hearing what his message is. And so I never really listened to him, but um, the pastor sent me, it's, it's called DA with DA, so it's David Asherick going through the Desire of Ages, um, chapter by chapter. It's a 90-day challenge, so every day they do um, a chapter, yes, that's, <laughs> um, and it's, it's been so wonderful, um, the first thing I started with, I brought my bag of stuff because I wanted to show you. The first thing I started with is my phone because that's what I would go on. You can go on YouTube and just look up DA with DA. Um, number one would be the first day. And so I bring it up on my phone and um, my desire of ages. Okay, you have to see. This is my, It's look at this. This was... It's not even together, but this was my grandma's Desire of Ages that she gave to me, and she had it for years. And if any of you have this version, you can't. It's so tiny. The the writing on it is so little. So that's what I started with, and then um, going through, I'm like, oh, well, I need my Bible. So, and I'm sitting in Bernie's recliner. That's where every morning I would get up early. So then I was thinking, I have to have my Bible because I have to be able to look up everything. So, so then I had that, and then I'm like, okay, this Desire of Ages just is not working out. So I ordered a new one. So then I, I got this one that's large print. <laughs> and when, going through it, I mean, it's all um, marked up. And so then I'm like, well, I have to write this down. So then... I, my notebook, this is just full of pages for each chapter. And my books are highlighted. And what I've got out of the Desire of Ages, um, I've read it a couple times before, but this time, it, the love of God, um, that David Asherick, he's, he has a way with bringing Ellen White's message out. And it's just touched me, um, God's love. He, it broke his heart to let his son come here. It, and it talks about how, you know, he had to let him come here without, um, he couldn't protect him here from Satan's evil power. And so it broke his heart. But Jesus came, you know, to this earth. He didn't just come here um, for, you know, the plan of salvation. He came here to relate to us as humans. And that touched me so much that the 33 years he was here, he, the joy he felt, he shared in joy, he shared in sorrow and mourning. He, um, he came here to relate to us as humans, and that uh, just touched me so much that, um, in God's love, and that's, uh, that's what I wanted to share with you. <laughs> Fantastic. It's DA with DA. You have to check it out. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for sharing that. I wanted her to share with you because when I um, asked her, how's it going? She was just overflowing and saying, this is so incredible. Jesus is so wonderful. And that's the way it is. When we take time every day to focus on Jesus, 
There's nothing quite like it. It changes absolutely everything for us. And by the way, tomorrow is Lisa's birthday, so make sure that you wish her a happy birthday because we're thankful for the life that God's given you and that you're using that life to focus on Jesus. And if you want more on that, you can go and, and, and look it up on YouTube. But David Asterix is actually going to be doing one starting in... January, I believe, or sometime in the new year, focused on patriarchs and prophets, and then prophets and kings, going through the Bible, and also these books that are, are, are focused in and, and just bring out a great commentary on these incredible stories that stir faith in all of us. So I encourage you to check that out, to subscribe to his channel on YouTube, David Asterix. So I'm seeing hands waving, so I'm, I'm glad, glad, to, glad to hear it. You want to you share with us? We'll have... That's on Spotify also. And it's just audio. Okay, so you can go on Spotify and just listen to the audio, which can be a lot easier than having to sit down and watch it. If you're going about washing the dishes or driving, you can, you can listen to it. Thank you for pointing that out for us. That's, that's very helpful. Isn't God awesome? He's active everywhere, and we praise him for that. And here's the thing. I know others of you may be wanting to share a story, and this doesn't need to be the only time. Every Sabbath, we love to, maybe not every single Sabbath, but we love to highlight stories of what God's been doing. So come, come tell me, come tell Leah, come tell one of our leaders and say, hey, we'd like to share a story at church. God has been doing this in my life. I'm so thankful because we want to live lives of thanksgiving. But I wanted to close with just a couple of verses for you, a few verses, to help us fix our eyes on what this Thanksgiving thing is all about. Paul says something that's so incredibly challenging. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, he says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Is that really possible? Can I give thanks in absolutely everything? Bruce is modeling that for us, saying, I'm thankful that God's going to provide for my housing this coming week. Well, how does this take place? Last week, we talked about what? Does anybody remember? That's okay. It's been seven days. We talked about the faith of Jesus. And the more that we focus on Jesus, the more that we come to realize what this Christian life is all about as we follow Jesus. So what I wanted to share with you today is how Jesus gave thanks. I looked up the word for thanks in the Bible here from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it's Eucharisteo, which is where we get the word Eucharist from. It's to give thanks. And Jesus gave thanks on four specific occasions. So we're going to look at those really fast, these four specific occasions. The first one, Jesus was with his disciples, and there was a crowd of people there, and he wanted to feed them. This is in John chapter 6, and he had compassion on them. He wanted to help them. And so he said, okay, how are we going to feed this multitude? And the disciples said, how are we going to feed this multitude? And then Andrew comes in, and he says, well, there is this one lad, and he has five loaves and two small fish, And so this is what Jesus did with those five loaves and two small fish in John chapter 6 and verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had what? When he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Notice something here. When did he give thanks? After the multiplication of the food took place or before? Before. He said, thank you. For these five loaves and two small fish. So we see that Jesus gave thanks before he fed the 5,000. 
The next time that happened is very similar. We find this in Matthew chapter 15. And here you find Jesus again with a different problem because he's in a different part of town. He's not in the Jewish territory. And so his disciples are a little more skeptical about him being able to feed this multitude of people. And we find, though, that there's a crowd of 4,000 people uh, assembled. And they have a few loaves there, seven loaves there. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 36, it says, He took the seven loaves... And the fish, and what did he do? He gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. You notice it doesn't say, and Jesus asked God to multiply the bread, and Jesus made requests. Instead, it says, Jesus thanked. He gave thanks, thanksgiving. This is the example of Jesus that we see time and time again. He fed the 5,000, he fed the 4,000, and each time he gave thanks. The next time is a little bit different. It's in John chapter 11. Jesus gets a message from uh, that his friend whom he loves is sick. Lazarus is sick. And in that story, he waits three days before going. And then he tells his disciples, I'm going to go. Lazarus is asleep. They say, great, glad that he's sleeping. He says, no, he's died. Uh, he's, Lazarus is dead. Let's go so that we can be there. And uh, he goes and he meets with Mary, then he meets with Martha, and then he goes to the tomb. And at the tomb, he asks them to remove that stone. And Martha says, no, Lord, you can't remove that stone. He's been dead for four days. We, we can't do this. And notice what Jesus does. John 4, 11, verse 41. Then they took the stone away from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I... Thank you that you have heard me. Hang on. He's got a dead body in a tomb, people mourning, and he's saying, thank you, God. Can we give thanks in every circumstance? You see, God's, uh, Jesus models to us a faith that sees what he is capable of accomplishing. Jesus The faith of Jesus is what is so essential. We talked about that last week. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. This climax of Revelation as you get to the very pinnacle of Revelation. You get to verse 12. And it says, here are those who keep the commandments of God and who have the faith of Jesus. And we talked about how the faith of Jesus is his belief in you. And that stirs a reciprocal faith in us. It starts with God's faith in what he can accomplish in us. And we see this throughout the Bible with every promise and every command in Scripture because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And here's the last story. You ready for the last story? So we had first the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. Then we had Lazarus' resurrection. So then Jesus, on the night... When he's going to be betrayed, he takes his disciples into the upper room and they're celebrating the Passover together. And he's going to tell them there in just a few verses after the verse we're going to look at. He's going to tell them that, that tonight all of you are going to be offended from, because of me. All of you are going to be scattered because of me. But nevertheless, I'm going to go ahead of you to Galilee. So meet me there after your fall. He's giving them hope. He's giving them faith. He's showing them that he believes in them, even though they are about to fail him. So notice what Jesus does. In the fourth time that we find Jesus giving thanks in his time here on earth, Matthew 26, verses 27 and 28, then he took the cup and gave, what did he give? 
thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Has Jesus gone to the cross yet? No. Are these disciples, are they fully believing in, in, in what Jesus has come to do yet? These disciples are about to forsake him. He hasn't yet accomplished the mission on the cross. He hasn't yet said it is finished. And yet he's thanking God that, for what will take place. You see, Jesus is thankful for what he can accomplish in you. He's thanked his father for the power of the new covenant, that promise in your life and how it will change your life completely and transform you. And as you come to know his faith in what he can do in you, it will stir faith in you. We only love because he first loved us. And we only have faith because he had faith in us. This is why Romans 1, verses 16 and 17 says, it's from faith to faith, this power of the gospel that is for salvation to those who believe. And in the book, Lift Him Up, we saw this last week, Christ would never have given his life for the human race if he had not faith in the souls for whom he died. He has faith in you. You may be thinking, hang on, I I messed up this past week. He believes in what he can make out of your mess. He can turn your mess into a message. He can turn your test into a testimony. God isn't finished with you yet. He believes in what he can accomplish in your life. Will you allow that to reciprocate in your own heart into belief in what he can accomplish for you? Paul tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. So we see it with Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 4,000, Lazarus' resurrection, and the cup of the new covenant, the cup of his promise. These are the four times that Jesus gave thanks. And we see that it was always without having realization of the object for which he was giving thanks. Sometimes we think, can I really say thank you when I haven't yet received something from God? Jesus did. As a son of man, we can follow his example. And as a son of God, you can have faith stirred in you, knowing that he believes in what he can accomplish in you. So this week, I want to challenge you. Not just this week. This coming year, live lives of thankfulness. Between now and next year's Thanksgiving, what if we made it a practice to live Thanksgiving every day? To have the faith of Jesus stirring in our hearts. To have his thanksgiving faith in our own hearts. To give thanks in every circumstance. No matter what we're going through. To give thanks to God. Because he is able to accomplish everything that we need. He will care for all of your needs. He is faithful. I invite you to stand as we close in prayer. As you stand, just to want to invite you to make a, a personal invitation to Jesus. Lord Jesus, uh, maybe it's that you're not feeling fully that faith that he's expressed towards you. Maybe you're not feeling worthy of that. Maybe you don't feel like this is a reality for you. Or maybe it's just today that you need, you need him to stir in you a thankfulness for all that he has accomplished and will accomplish in your life. I just invite you to bow your heads with me and to, to ask Jesus to give us hearts that will live lives of thanksgiving. Father, thank you. Thank you for the stories we've heard today. A wide spectrum of stories. Father, from, from those who have been blessed at work with you working through their hands and their skills. 
those who have been blessed in their personal devotional life, those who have had job provided for them or, or housing provided for them, those who have had cars provided for them. And yet, Father, some of us right here, right now, are, are, are not knowing the way forward. We don't yet have the realization of the things that we so desperately need. And, and most of all, we all need that heart change from selfishness to love. And Father, we pray that you would give us thanksgiving and praise to you, knowing that you will accomplish what you've promised, that your promises never fail, that we can trust in your faithfulness that will never fail us. Father, bless my friends to go out with lives of thanksgiving, to live lives where people look at them and say, how could you be thankful about that? May they know it's because of the one who is behind them, who holds them, and who carries them. We love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.